You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Well, hello, hello, you weird bastards. Hello, this is S. Anthony Thomas. I am the host of what you're hearing right now, which is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. I want to thank you guys for stopping by. I know there's more and more of you every day, every time I come back, there's more people listening. You're bringing people with you. I appreciate that. And I mean that to everybody. I know that you people are in UK. I know there's a lot of people from London listening. I heard you. And I know there's some people in Canada listening. That's right. I know about you. And I know about you too, Australians and, and United Statesans. And, and those Martians, the Martians are an incredible audience. They got five asses. So you know I like them. <laughs> Just kidding. They only got three asses. Anyway, thank you guys for stopping by. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you have a GPS system in your car? Do you have one? I don't have one. And I... And I and it's really weird the reason why. The reason why, I'll tell you why I don't have one. And this is a really. When I bought my first new car a long time ago, I was a, I was a young guy and I was buying my first brand new car. And you could tell the salesperson was looking like, yeah, I'm going to upsell this punk. <laughs> I'm going to sell him tons of crap he doesn't need. <laughs> and that's what he tried to do. I'm trying to get the hell out of there with my new vehicle, and this jackass is trying to sell me. He's like, would you like the tires and with the double plastic rubber and the tires actually the tires actually individually sing songs from the soundtrack of Man of La Mancha? And then if you would you like, no, I just want regular tires. That's okay, no problem. Would you like the windows that do trick double backflips and the windows actually massage your shoulders as you drive down? No, 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 no. Would you like the seats? The seat actually rubs your ass and says nice stuff about your family. Would you like that? No, I don't want anything else. I just want the damn vehicle. Please, please. I already paid. Leave me alone. It only costs another 16 gazillion dollars. It only costs just, and, and here's more. It costs more. Stop. And that drove me nuts. It's the same way I feel when I go into a department store and the salespeople are just following you around, trying to answer questions, even though you didn't answer, you know, even though you didn't ask any questions, somehow they have an answer for it. What time is it? It's time for you to have a great deal, right? Dude, really? Stop with the stupid segues. Get away from me. If I need you, I'll come and get you. And, and what happens is when they follow you around like that, it makes it such an unpleasant experience that they lose out on the impulse buy, the extra cables, the extra this. You might want to buy that. You don't want to do that. You just want to end the experience. And when I went to that dealership with that guy with the car, I may have purchased a couple of other things. He may have upgraded a couple of things on the car if he had just been cool and stopped trying to go for the 16 grand all of a sudden. You know, another 14 million you can have this dude really don't you have anything that you can upgrade for four hundred dollars what the hell so that stuck with me so as a more mature cat when you buy a car as soon as they start that upgrading crap i automatically shut down and the guy goes mr thomas would you like to add the gps to your vehicle uh, it's just another 900 what no, that's right. When you just when you factor in the nine hundred dollars plus the installation fee of sixteen trillion, it's just, I was like, hey, well, hey, well, what? You gonna charge me nine hundred bucks for some damn D with the GPS system that's built into the damn car and an installation cost fifteen billion? What the hell? No. And I said no, damn it. 
and I didn't get it, and I still don't have it. I did not have it in the car, and I'm thinking, what difference does it make? I don't get lost anyway. It's not like it's going to bite me in the ass later on. <laughs> so I'm going to do a gig that's basically trying to tune up a bunch of material that I wrote that I'm trying to whittle down and tighten up for a new show that I want to go around with in 2015. So I'm going to these places and working these places just to try to tune up this new stuff, okay? And a guy goes, hey, yes, I got this gig. It's off. I know you want to keep your, your material away. You don't want to go on to the regular clubs with it. You're trying to hide it out so you get it a little tuned up better. So I got a place off to the side. There's going to be a lot of people there. You know, some other comics you know are there. Some friends are going to be there. It's going to be a nice crowd, a nice dinner crowd, good people, good comedy audience. You're going to love it. You're going to make a little bit of bread, all right? So here is the directions, and you go there, and here it is, and I'm going, not a problem. Fact, fact, I was about to say faxed. <laughs> he mailed me the directions, and I printed them up, and I'm going, hi, this is great. This is simple. I mean, left, right, up, there, there's nothing. Now, it's 100 miles away from where I live, but, you know, you know, it was worth it, okay? So I get in the car, and I'm driving, and everything's cool. It's a great day. I got my music going, boom, boom, jiggy, boom, boom, jiggy. By the way, it's the bass model a sound system because that guy tried to upgrade me to the double would you like the quadruple double stereophonic quadruple mega double incredible sound system that actually rubs your balls while you sing songs and tells your wife that she looks great and I'm going I don't have a wife it doesn't matter because this sound system is so good when you turn it on you'll automatically have a wife okay I think you're lying right now I'm kind of lying you know so uh, anyway <laughs> So just a nice ride. I'm going to look at the direction. Okay, exit exit six and then left. Right on the right, and then you and you go to cut through this and you do that, and then you merge to the left and you go straight and merge to the right and take up there and this that back and I'm there it is. I pull off and I look up and I see nothing. There should be houses and buildings here. There should be kind of an industrial, there should be a mall to the left because he showed me a picture of the place and there is no mall because this crap should be right near the, should be within a couple of miles of the exit that I just got off and it is not there. I am where this thing says to go and the stuff I'm looking for is not there, no. Uh Uh-oh. So I find a gas station eventually. I get out and I go to the gas station and there's this really nice cat there and he's working at the gas station. And we go up to him and I go, dude, you get, I need your help, dude. Oh, what am I going to help you, man? Uh, I'm supposed to be playing and I name them. They say, oh, yes, I've seen shows there. It's a very good show. Oh, you go, Oh, you, you do comedy, huh? Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Are you good? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. I mean, what am I supposed to say? I'm not going to you know, pump myself up. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm pretty good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, uh, what are you doing here? This is a different city. What? Yeah, I, I, what, why would you start? As, as the show should be starting soon. Why are you here? Uh, I'm just following these directions. Could you take a look at this? Oh, okay, it's good. Well, oh, you're, you're coming from New Jersey. Okay, that's good. That's good. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, let me get the pin. It circles a big chunk of the back of the bottom of the directions, you know, near the end of the trip. He goes, see this here? This says left. You should have gone right. Here it says right. You should have gone left. You were in the wrong lane here. You should have gone. And he, and he real, basically, what happened was, I don't know how it happened, but the directions at the bottom, the most important part of the directions when you were actually near the place, were all backward. All backwards, so much so that I wound up in a city that was close by in the same state that I was going to, but it was several miles away in the opposite direction. 
yep. So he gives me the directions. I get in the car, I go to the gig, and I get there with about 17 minutes to spare. Keep in mind, I'm notoriously known for being at places early because I like to make sure that the bookers are at ease. Having had, having had a managerial experience at a comedy club, I know what it's like to have acts not show up, so I always show up early. Everyone knows that. That's why they thought I was on the side of the road with my car spinning. What happened to you, man? These directions happened to me. I give this direction to everybody. I said, you gave these directions to everybody? Yes. Really? That's me. This is me talking to the club owner, by the way. Yes. I go, really? Said, and he goes, what is what this? Who circled this? This? Okay, look. Take a good look at this. Okay, let me see. This. Oh. Ooh. That, that's not, that's going to take you to any names the city that I actually just was in. And he goes, oh, sorry. How come no one told me? I said, people are probably afraid to tell you you gave bad directions, jackass. Well, who's scared of me? Everybody. I'm probably the only one that's not afraid of you because I've known you the longest. But you're kind of a big dude. You look like you killed six people before you came here because the guy was the size of a house and looked like he murdered people. But obviously, he was the nicest guy in the world. But, you know, you know how it is. The guy looked like he look, the guy looked like Dexter would walk up to him and go, oh, you know what? Mm, you're cool. I'm Never mind. That kind of guy. But but that's the thing, man. I, I'm sitting there going, I was in the wrong place. If this had not been somebody that I knew that was cool with me, I think they would have thought I was some kind of flake. Oh, that's all right. It's no big deal. I still, it, it, that's okay. It's a fluke. I mean, it, it, it virtually never happens to me. Not a problem. It's not like it's going to happen again. <laughs> so I'm going to another city. And I get directions from the seller club owner i don't know this guy that well but he knows my reputation he's heard nice things and we know some of the same people so he goes oh yeah you know you don't have to audition just come on down and just just fill out for this guy that couldn't show up and just do your thing not a problem not a problem here's the directions i'll, I'll text you the directions not a problem he texts them to my phone i have them on the phone i scroll through i'm driving and i, and I get there and i'm left right and right and, and i am nowhere near this place following his directions to the t because he texted them to me and he messed them up i show up at the gig how how late was I? Not late at all. I wasn't late. <laughs> the person who's before me is on stage. I'm supposed to be closing the room, filling in for the headliner, which means I'm going to be doing an hour of the show. And if I'm not there, there's no show, because when you have an hour and a half show and the guy that does, is, is doing the hour isn't there, that kind of messes up the evening. Guy's on stage. And the headliner this evening originally from Philadelphia moved to Los Angeles and is now working out of New Jersey. He's just stretching out the info intro because he doesn't know if I'm in the building. I don't know why he was doing that because if I wasn't in the building, he'd have to stretch the intro out for whenever. So I'm, so he's, and he's got a podcast called S. Anthony Says and that's me running up the steps and he's a very funny and I stick my head in the door and stick my hand up and the guy sees me hey guy and he's here and they like flop sweat on the guy's face <laughs> So I walk and I do my thing. And the guy goes, what the hell happened? That's man. I mean, 
you know, everybody tells me you always show up early. I said, hey, I tried my best. You know, I said, I said, I said, what, they said uh, it's, I gave you the directions, man. You got to leave early. I, said, I left early. I said, I said, I said, look here. And, he, and he, I, I scroll through the directions. And what did he do? He gave me the wrong directions. Why? Because he didn't text them himself. He told someone else to text them to me. And that someone else texted me the wrong directions. They texted me the directions to another club that they have. And as it turns out, had I followed those directions, I would have not even gotten to that club. That's how bad the directions were. <sighs> Two times. What are the odds it's going to happen a third time, huh? <laughs> that couldn't possibly happen a third time. So <laughs> it couldn't be bad directions three times in, in a row. Three times. It happened again. Something very similar to the second time. And that was when I said, that's it. That's it. I'm buying a GPS system, damn it. So I buy a GPS system. And now that I have the GPS system, I realize that by not having a GPS system, I was a complete moron. I should have had this crap in the first place. This shit is awesome. I'm sitting there going, what? Not not $900 awesome, but definitely what I bought it for awesome is this thing is awesome. Got me. I've gone places. This thing has put me right there. On the, it's, and it's on the left-hand side in 100 feet, and you're now here. Aren't you glad you bought me? Because if you had bought me earlier, you wouldn't have been almost pissing on yourself on them three gigs that you almost missed, you dumb bastard. Now, I know you didn't want to spend 900 Excuse me, GPS, your job is done. I'm here. No, don't you even think you, you turn me off before I finish reprimanding you, damn it, and I'm going to give you bad directions. You understand? All right, I'll sit here and listen to your GPS. That's right, you will, you bastard. Now, I want you to look at me right now and apologize for not buying me earlier, you dumb bastard. <sighs> okay, GPS, I apologize for not buying you earlier. And say you were arrogant. And I was arrogant for thinking that I could find places <sighs> without without your assistance. I was wrong. And that's right. Now also say I'm a dumb bastard. Well, I don't want to say that I'm a dumb bastard. Either you say it or I'm going to take your punk ass and drive you into a lake. All right. I was a dumb bastard. That's better. Now power me off and go in and do a great job. All right, I'll power you off. Ha <laughs> ha. Thank you, GPS. And it's off. Yeah, fuck you, GPS. That's right, punk. I'm the one. I bought you on Black Friday, bitch. That's right, I said bitch. Not because it's a female voice. I'm saying bitch because it's an insult. Then it doesn't matter. It's not gender specific. I could have easily called you a punk-ass piece of electronic shit. Fuck you, GPS. I'm still on you jerk off You didn't turn me off You put me on standby Which means I still am monitoring your location So when you turn me back on Or take me off of uh, sleep That I can immediately know where you are So that's what you think about me when I'm off huh? No, 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 no I was just messing around I'm going to talk about this whole thing About being lost on my podcast And sometimes when I'm working out ideas I'll say things It may look like I'm talking to myself But I'm just working out ideas is for my podcast. If it's just the same thing when sometimes I'm driving along in the car and you've heard this. I mean, you're in the car. You're the one directing me. You know how sometimes a song will come on and I'll sing the song and add dirty lyrics to the song just to amuse myself? Well, it's really just an exercise to keep myself in improv mode. That's all it is. It's nothing personal, GPS. So whatever you do, don't drive me through really horrible neighborhoods and don't make me late and stuff like that. I just want to let you know that not only do I respect you, GPS, but I, was, I wasn't going to say this. But you know what I'm going to buy you for Christmas? I'm going to buy you a hard shell case. 
As aha, you're smiling. See how you turn, you turn, you turn. I see, I see how you see how you did that. You, I had the vol, I had the, just the brightness of the screen at seventy, and I told you you were getting a hard shell case, and you turned your brightness up to ninety. You like that hard shell case idea, don't you? As a matter of fact, I do. I, I really, I mean, I like the leather case you have me in, but a hard shell case would be kind of nice. I, uh, I, I'm not done yet. I'm gonna buy you a backup suction cup, just in case this suction cup stops working. Oh my God, I love having a backup suction cup. Oh, that's right, I bet you do. And I'm gonna buy you a backup cord as well. So no matter what happens, you will always have power. So what is? How about that? You know what? I was really I was. I remember when I told you that I. I you know what? I'm not going to drive you into a wall or anything like that. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be nice to you. That's right. Thank you, GPS. And I want to thank you for existing. I want to thank you for contacting that satellite and finding out where we are. And I say we because I consider you part of the team, GPS. It's not just me using you as a device. You're not just an electronic device. You're my friend, GPS. When I'm driving down the road and I need to make a left, who? Who's the one that goes, make a left at Johnson Street? That's you, GPS. That's not the other people in the car. They're just riding. They're using me and you, which is okay. It's our job to serve. It's my job to entertain people with my podcast, to entertain people when I start doing stand-up again next year, and other than these tune-up things that work on the new material. it's That's what I do. And it's your job to get people to their location safely. We both serve a function. Personally, I think your function is more important. Oh, you don't have to say that. Oh, I, I, I know. I'm not just saying that to suck up to your GPS. I really mean it. You are in, is special. You think I shine up the screen of my other devices the way I shine your screen up? Of course not. You know why? Because they don't get me any place, man. They just lay around the house, and when I use them, you know, and I, and I turn them off, they lay down, they don't even do anything. But you, you're constantly monitoring my location. So whenever I need you, I can get someplace. That's what makes you special. You're an active device. You don't need Wi-Fi. You are available anywhere and anytime. That's why I like you, GPS. Thank you, Miss Anthony. Thank you, GPS. And I'm going to keep, and I mean that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to put you on. I'm going to. I'm never going to turn. I'm always going to leave you on standby, so you'll know that I'm not trying to say anything behind your back. You're the greatest, Miss Anthony. Thank you, GPS. You're the greatest. Okay, I didn't actually say that to my GPS, but you get the point. So uh, what I'm saying is I finally broke down and bought a damn GPS. I didn't mean to say damn GPS, GPS, because my GPS is on the table in front of me. I'm sorry. I meant to say wonderful GPS. Okay, okay, okay she's cool. She, she's cool. She, was, she kind of turned the screen on and looked at me and then gave me the middle finger. But she's cool now. Okay, we good? We good, at G- we good GPS? Yeah, I know you were just kidding. I can see that you're recording your podcast right now. Okay, thanks, GPS. No, like I said, don't take anything personal I say to the podcast audience. They know that I'm kidding when I say outrageous things. So don't take it personally, okay? Not a problem. I'm just going to go back to sleep now. Fantastic. Where am I right now? You know where you are. You're at NC, which is my address. All right. <laughs> you're the best. All righty. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, so folks, if you have an opportunity to get a GPS system, please do. Get a GPS system. GPS systems are the greatest things in the world, damn it. And I'm not just saying that because she's sitting right next to the recorder that I'm recording this with. I mean it. <laughs> As a, you know, just like a GPS is always there for you, I'm always there for you too, damn it. S. Anthony's always there for you. And GPS, yes, are you always there for them if they buy one of you? Yes, I am. See, we're there for you. Like the theme song of Friends. We'll be there for you. We'll be there for you. I forgot the word shut up. It's been a long time since I saw the show. Okay, you bastards. Segment over.
Okay, you weird bastards. Let me ask you a question. You're familiar with the phrase shotgun wedding, right? And it always amazes me how dumb that that is. That people st- because people kind of bring it up. I was hearing a guy talking about, and it was kind of as a joke. And it was going, "You better, your girlfriend's pregnant. You better go get her. You better go marry her." And that's what they said to this dude. And I was sitting there, and I kind of overheard the conversation, and I kind of smiled a little bit because it was a bit of a jokey joke type thing. But it reminded me of something that happened to me. Um, I've never gotten anybody pregnant, but it's one of those things where. When people talk about shotgun weddings, they don't necessarily always mean that the dude has a shotgun or anything like that. I mean, obviously, back in the day, they did have shotguns to your back like, oh, you marrying her. If you're going to get up in there and put the baby up in there, Jack, you getting married. You you got two choices because if you run away and never be seen again, that's one thing. She still doesn't get the support from you and you're no help with the baby. It's not much different than me blowing your head off right now and burying your punk ass and saying you ran away except for the fun of, the, the fun of me shooting you for trying to leave my damn daughter after you got her pregnant, you jackass. Now, you better get to the damn wedding chapel. Okay, that's a shotgun wedding. But there's a many shotgun everything. There's always shotgun things when you really think about it when it comes to people trying to get you to do something you don't want to do or trying to intimidate you. I was in a similar situation if you in the... It was really weird because it was a girl I was dating and it wasn't a shotgun wedding type situation. It was the simple fact that when I was going out with her for a while, we were going out long enough where we were starting to get serious and we were going out long enough where we were getting it on regularly and we were going out long enough where I knew that if I wasn't working a club Saturday that I was going to be with her, hopefully getting it on, (laughs) getting it on. So one day she calls me up during the middle of the week and I didn't necessarily see her during the week that often, at least not on this particular day, Thursday, you know, it was usually either we saw each other on the weekends and occasionally during the week, it was a special occasion if we saw each other during the week. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, (laughs) she's calling me over during the week. (laughs) I know what that means. I mean, I already put together all the whole of her IKEA furniture. She, her, her apartment's all together. Everything's cool. There's nothing broken and nothing, nothing needs to be fixed. <laughs> There's only one reason she could be calling the S machine on a Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, she may not need me to fix anything, but uh, she definitely wants to get up in my toolbox. <laughs> she wants me to come over there and screw <laughs> you know she wants me to bring over my drill <laughs> that's what I'm saying she wants me to take out that hammer you know what I mean <laughs> okay I'm embarrassing myself <laughs> so I go over to the house and all kidding aside I was really I'm not, literally I was, I was like oh man uh, she, she said come over to the house and she didn't say hey let's go to a movie she didn't say hey come over I'll cook for you she just said come over to the house and usually when your girlfriend that you in the beginning of a relationship to the point where you just starting to realize you almost guaranteed get it on time whenever you see her, that just means one thing. And that means sex, by the way, for those that don't know. So I go over there and I'm all prepared for the loving. Oh, yeah. Giggity, giggity. All right. So uh, I open the door and she's standing there and there are these five humongous dudes I'm talking about huge dudes. How huge individually. You know how when a really good looking person walks into the room and they're so good looking that everyone is trying to secretly look at them, but they but they but they you, you could see people trying not to look at them or trying to sneak a peek. 
That also happens when someone is as big as these guys were individually, but there were five of them. Huge. Now, when your girlfriend calls you over, your new girlfriend calls you over to the house in the middle of the week and you knock on the door and she opens the door and there are five huge dudes in the room. I don't even know. You don't even know what to think. I'm thinking, listen, we just started going out. If somebody kidnapped you and they're that size, um, we've been only going out five months. Now, if we've been going out a year or something, or if I was married to you, you can call me to fight off these five dudes when they kidnapped you. But we ain't been going out that long. I mean, I haven't even done stuff with your butt yet. So this is okay. Actually, I did do stuff with a butt, but you get the point that what I'm saying is these are some big dudes. I mean, I, I mean, I care about you and all that. But I mean, this is I don't know if I want to fight five dudes, each one of them individually, 17 times my size. I like you. I don't love you. I mean, I said I loved you when I was on top of you, but you also said you loved me. But I mean, quite frankly, I can't blame you because you were getting it on with S. Anthony Thomas. (laughs) How could you not love it? Anyway, so I walk in and I'm looking like, what the hell is why does she have five guys the size of elephants on steroids? Standing, my what the hell is this? But and just what is this? And I'm looking, I'm like, I don't know what the hell is going on here. Is it, I mean, is this some kind of intervention thing? Because I'm not on drugs or anything like that. And even if I was on drugs, this was some kind of intervention. I don't think that they need to have six guys who make Shaq look small show. I mean, is this what the hell? What is this? Is this some kind of home invasion where they just and they go, Well, if you if you know, listen, we're gonna take all your stuff and we're gonna beat you down. The only way we're gonna keep from kicking your ass, lady, and beating you down is if you know a guy who does stand up comedy for a living and is extremely cute, has incredibly irresistible dimples, and he is incredible in a sack. And she goes, I happen to know someone just like that. Who is it? It's S. Anthony Thomas. Well, of course, you call him over, he'll save you. Okay, that didn't happen, and no one would say that but you get the point so i see these gigantic humongous dudes who have to duck every time the moon goes by the earth because it might hit them in the face because they're that big and she goes um hi yes um my brothers came to town and they wanted to meet you and they wanted to talk to you alone i'm gonna go to the store and give you give you boys a, a chance to talk and then she walks out quickly and closes the door behind her and these five dudes who, when they walked by me, had to move their heads to the left and the right because they didn't want their heads to hit God in the foot because that's how tall they were, walked towards me and they're looking at me like, and they got the mean looks on their face. and You know, you know that, that thing where people are mouthing evil words and, and they're just make, making their heads go, they're shaking their heads left and right as if to say no. They're walking up punching the insides of their hands and they get around me in a circle and I'm, and I'm looking up at these guys and I'm going oh, Jesus Christ so I thought she was having a good time I mean we were and this is what I'm thinking we had a good we having a good relationship we, we, we enjoying each other getting it on we had fun I mean what the hell is going on here maybe I mean, I don't think I did any. I mean, I can't imagine anything I could have done wrong when she would try to set me up to have me come over here and whoop these dudes. I mean, whoop these. I mean, have these dudes whoop my ass and beat the crap out of me. I don't even. I mean, she mentioned she had brothers, but I mean, I saw the pictures of them. I mean, I recognize them now, but I didn't realize they were all 
you know, blotting out this, each one of them could blot out the sun. And, you know, I, I didn't realize it. What the hell is going What? The, why? And now they're standing around me making mean faces and going ooh, 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 and punching their hands. And uh, what the hell is this? And I said, oh, man, I, said, I'm, I can't believe this. And I started going, well, if I'm going to get my ass whipped, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of, of me whining like a punk. I may yell when they break my arms and stuff, but I'm not going to, it's going to be the yell because of the pain. It's not going to be a yell like I'm afraid. I'm not showing these punks these dudes i'm afraid in fact i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna, I'm gonna if they're gonna kick my ass i might as well talk trash to them what difference does it make you know i mean they're gonna beat the shit out of me anyway so what difference does it make so i look up and i'm going what are you doing listen man we want you to know something if you don't treat our sister good we're gonna fuck you up man i'm going you know what dude all of you first of all why are you standing around me in a circle each one of you is the size of a fucking house what, the, what? Why would you, if it's as big as each of you are individually, why would you circle around a guy that's average height when each one of you is 12 feet tall? Don't you realize that just the size of any one of you individually alone is intimidating enough for most people? If you really thought about it, y'all should be sitting in the chair right now having a rational conversation with me because the simple fact that you're all the sizes of fucking yachts individually is enough to intimidate most persons in the first place. You just look stupid now standing around me in a circle. Do you really think you need five of you to kick my ass? Is that what it is? Because if all five of you started beating me into beating me to death, I'd be dead in a couple of seconds anyway, so there wouldn't be any real pain before a couple of minutes. Then if you fuck me up and you don't kill me, I'm going to shoot all of you. I don't have a gun, but they don't know that shit. So what's going on here? I mean, who was who was she dating before she met me that you have to immediately, instead of saying, hi, yes, Anthony, how's it going? You turn to this bullshit. What is this stupid shit? And, and who punches the inside of their fucking hands anymore? What is this, a 1950s gangster movie? And they're all looking at me like, uh, uh, this guy's like half our size. Shouldn't he be afraid of this shit? I mean, they're looking confused. What the hell am I saying? In fact, I'm insulted that you motherfuckers would stand around me like this. Get up, get from behind me. What is this, a prison movie? Get out of here. What, what is wrong with you idiots? What is wrong with you people? You're going to beat the shit out of me? So I, first of all, if you want to kick my ass, you would have done it already. If you were going to kill me, you would have done it already because she walked out the door. First of all, she walked out with the intention of coming back. Okay, so unless she's going to hide the body jackasses, you ain't going to do shit. I'm insulted that you would even step to me like that because I've been good to your sister. Well, I mean, but a lot of the guys she was going out with, and I don't give a fuck what a lot of the guys she went out with did. Did I do anything? Well, uh, well we just wanted to make sure. That's not how you make sure how somebody does something. She's a grown woman. You insulted her by even coming. I bet she's pissed off at you. Well, I mean, she did say that we shouldn't do I mean, Exactly. So why are you standing around me like idiots? Sit down. You want to talk to me and get to know me because I'm with your sister? This is what we do. We can sit down like dudes. Just don't break the fucking chairs with your big asses. They laugh at that. Just sit down. So we sit down and we have a rational conversation. And as it turns out, the dudes that she dated before me were pieces of shit. I was the first guy that she went out with that wasn't a hunk of garbage. You know? And they, were, they had gone through this whole routine to scare other dudes to get rid of them. They figured, okay, right around the four or five month, month uh, mark, whoever she's dating usually turns into a hunk of shit and we have to intimidate him. So let's just do it now without even investigating this next guy who happened to be me. <laughs> so we're, now we're talking like, like just talking like dudes. 
you know. Now, there's a little bit of a time delay between me talking to them because it took a little while for my voice to reach all the way up to where their big ass heads were because they're 97 feet tall, damn it. But that was very similar to like the shotgun wedding. They just showed up and you look, this is what's going to happen. But I didn't participate in it. Was I scared? Hell yeah, but I wasn't going to let them know that. You know? <laughs> you know? Shotgun weddings, they try to force somebody to get married. And the shot, and this shotgun brothers, they tried to intimidate me into behaving in the way that they thought I should, even though I was already behaving in that way anyway. You know? The shotgun applies in many cases. In that case, it was uh, brothers trying to protect their sister. And uh, a shotgun wedding is a, maybe a father or somebody like that trying to get the guy that got the girl pregnant to marry him because that's marry her because that's what they think is the right thing to do. But the shotgun is held to your head in many situations. There's many situations where you're stuck because of the shotgun to your head in many different... I'll put it to you this way. You ever been in a shotgun conversation? I'm sure you have. You've been stuck talking to somebody you just didn't want to talk to. You're in the supermarket and you run across a guy that doesn't know that awkward pauses mean go away. Awkward pauses mean we're done talking. Awkward pauses mean let me go on with the activity that I actually came here to participate in, which is to go shopping. Nobody wants to elongate their shopping trip at a food store. Nobody wants to do that. You want to get in, get the crap you want to get, and get the hell out as fast as possible. No one, I don't know, well, no one's saying food shopping. You just have to do it. So you got a guy following around and another thing that they uninteresting shit, stuff that's apparently and obviously a lie, but it's trying to, but it's gonna make me look good. And you're going, oh god, this guy's a jackass. And another thing, well, guess what person I kind of know because I see you around and I now got the courage to come up and talk to you because most people run away from me immediately because it's like being in a Godzilla movie. They go, oh god, here he comes and run out the door. Oh. Now and another thing, let me let me introduce you to my wife who even talks longer than I do. Like, God damn it, man. Like, oh God, dude. You know? Now there's a couple of guys I talk to in the supermarket. The guy I talk to every every Sunday or so, his wife is there, he's a nice guy. You know, he 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 knows how to come in, talk, be pleasant, and then he goes about his business. But some people put the shotgun to your head. They follow you around. When you start walking away, that means the conversation is over. Like I said, awkward pause means conversation's over. Person turning the body away, conversation's over. Person trying to, while you're talking to them, starting to continue to do the activity they were doing when you interrupted them means conversation is over. But some people don't understand that. They'll follow you around the supermarket. They'll follow you in the parking lot. Right? It's like you have a gravitational pull to people that don't know when to shut the hell up. You're like the earth and they're like the moon. You're walking around and here they come again. And you go over here and here they come again. You make a circle around the sun and they're right around there with you. And you want to tell them to get the hell away from you. I can't. I don't want to talk to you right now. But you can't because the shotgun of social protocol is aimed at your head. You will feel like garbage if you say that. If you were to say, look, dude, you're boring as shit. Get away from me. And you saw the look in that guy's face that would hurt your, you would rip your guts out that you hurt another human being like that. And that's the shotgun of social consideration. The shotgun of social protocol is put to your damn head and you can't get rid of this bastard. You want to, but you can't. <laughs> so what I'm saying, folks, is we have to come up with Kevlar for these situations. 
We got to come up with a Kevlar that stops and protects us against these shotguns that social convention put on us. The, 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 the Kevlar that stops from the shotguns of brothers trying to intimidate you in your girlfriend's house. The, the Kevlar to protect us against shotgun weddings. The Kevlar that protects you against shotgun weddings. You know what that is? Wearing a condom or not getting it on with someone who's nuts. Because if you don't get a woman pregnant, a father can't put a shotgun to your back. It's the same thing with you ladies. You got to put that Kevlar on. You don't want to get pregnant by some jackass. You are stuck with that bastard for 18 years. At any point in time during that 18 years, this ass wipe can show right back up and start messing with your new relationship. Or now all of a sudden that you're seeing someone who's actually good to you, all of a sudden he wants to see the kids. All of a sudden he starts playing games. All of a sudden he pops up all the time. All of a sudden he's always in the house, minding your business, asking the kids questions. But if we decide not to have babies with jackasses or get involved with jackasses, if we know they're jackasses, if they have signs of jackassness and we get rid of them, that's the Kevlar that protects us from the shotgun wedding. When it comes to the relatives, like the brothers, I had Kevlar. The Kevlar was, I was not going to be intimidated, dude. I didn't do anything wrong. You can't scare me with an ass whipping because I've had ass whippings before. I'm not afraid of that. You don't scare me. And besides, I'm a lot, I'm a pretty smart guy. I could, I assess the situation immediately and realize you weren't going to do anything. Because if I thought you were going to do anything, my ass would have been the hell out of there. I would have kicked one of you on the nuts and I would have got the hell out of there. My Kevlar of that, in that situation, the Kevlar against the five gigantic monsters was the fact that I'm really smart. I assess the situation well, and I had never done anything bad to their sister. And then there's the Kevlar of against the shotgun blast and social conventions. I am really good at ending conversations and letting the person know that I'm ending the conversation, but doing it in a pleasant way. A lot of people will just sit there and listen to that crap. Not me, Jack. And another thing said, you know what? I'd love to talk to you, but I got to take care of this, man. I got to get back and take care of this business. I can't really talk right now. I got to go. All right. Well, we'll, I'll catch you up next Sunday. We'll definitely talk next time we see you in the supermarket, man. All right. And then I just start walking. Even if they keep talking, I keep walking because I let them know that this goddamn conversation is over. Your boring ass needs to go and torture somebody else. I have the Kevlar of blocking those shot, the shotgun blast of social convention. You try to make me feel bad because I'm not talking to your boring ass. Nice try, dick face. I'm the hell out. And I was polite to you when I blew your punk ass off. Yeah, that's right. I said it. So there's shotgun weddings. Got a Kevlar. Got Kevlar to block that shotgun blast. Not going to happen. Got your punk ass brothers trying to intimidate you when they got their sister who's, as it turns out, was nuts. And those other people may not have been as bad as I thought they were because she was nuts. I had to get away from her. And you, you don't want to know how nuts she was when her brother showed up again. I thought you were going to be good to her sister. I explained to them exactly what happened. And they were like, oh, yeah, she, yeah, she, she, she does that sometimes. You're good ass. Take care of yourself. Hope you're happy with the next woman. And they walked off. Kevlar, damn it. I had the Kevlar. So that's what you need to do. When the shotgun of social convention, the shotgun of intimidation comes up at you, you got to pull out your Kevlar vest, slap it on, put on your Kevlar fucking helmet and block all of that shit. And that's my lesson for you, you bastards. Get the Kevlar for the shotgun blast and the shotgun wedding and the shotgun brothers and the shotgun boring ass conversation. Get it out. <sighs> I feel better for telling you that. I feel so good. I'm going to end this segment. Segment 
over. Well, my friends, I can tell you something right now with this episode. Uh, my, my junk food bachelor party is going to be tomorrow. And I know what you're saying. You're going, S machine, what the hell is a junk food bachelor party? We've never heard that phrase before. Of course you haven't. I just made it up. And if you use it, I won't credit you bastards. To me, what a junk, junk food bachelor parties is what you do the day before you decide to make a lifestyle change and you're going to eat healthy and you're going to have a healthy lifestyle and you're going to work out and you're going to change everything so you can be in better shape and live longer and all of that kind of crap. Well, I've made the decision to go back to being that guy, being the workout guy, being the eat healthy guy, because I've already been that guy. I was married to that lifestyle. We broke up. Right around the time I broke up with another girlfriend, I broke up with that lifestyle. You know, you stop paying attention to things. You go out and you eat eat badly on the road and eat crap and eat, and eat, this, eat the McDonald's crap and all this fast food crap. It's like, hey, it's not like I'm going out with my girlfriend anymore. I'm bummed out. Let me just eat this crap. And that's what happens to you. And then you start forming bad habits. You were married to that lifestyle. And then the marriage was over. And just like when a marriage is over, you are a big mess when the marriage is over. When, you lo- when your wife is not there anymore, your husband's not there anymore, you don't have anybody to get it on with anymore. You don't have genitals that you can just, go, I think I would like some of that right now. And the other person goes, well, sure, we're married. You can have access to this as many times as you would like to. <laughs> and it doesn't work that way, but you get, what, you get the point. Shut up. But that's the thing, man. You know, you're married to that lifestyle. It means you have to keep eating right. You have to keep exercising. That's what you do now. You're not the you're not the big the, the, the two Big Macs a day guy anymore. You're not that guy. You're not the I drank two liters of soda this today guy. You're not that guy anymore. You're not the cheese. You're not the oh, I'll have a third slice of cheesecake. You're not that person anymore. You're not that person anymore. You have moved on to a solid marriage of health and exercise. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to marry that lifestyle. Now, over the course of the last few months, even though I haven't married the lifestyle, we have been getting it on. You know, we've been seeing each other a little bit. You know, we snuck away and had some time together, me and the healthy lifestyle. You know, I haven't declared my rela- I haven't declared that I'm going to be in a relationship with it at that point. I hadn't said I was going to marry that lifestyle. I hadn't hadn't even told my friends I was dating that lifestyle. I just very slowly eased into the lifestyle. Very slowly started to date the lifestyle on the side. wasn't ready to introduce the lifestyle to my friends yet because my friends always have a little bit too much scrutiny to any new relationship. When I brought a girl around, they were like, you sure she's the right one? You sure she's the right one? She's, she's, oh, she's a little mean sometimes. She's the, they put the scrutiny on it. Just like if you're marrying to a, you're marrying a lifestyle of health and fitness. You bring it around your friends and all of a sudden they got stuff to say. All of a sudden they're going to be a little bit too curious about it. All of a sudden they got negative things to say. They pay too much attention to it. They try to discourage you. The same way they would if you're dating a girlfriend, you got a new girlfriend and you think she's nice and sweet and your friend is used to you going out with him and chasing women and jumping on top of him. And now he doesn't have his chasing women and jump on top of him partner and he doesn't like it. When it's the same thing when you change to a healthy lifestyle, my friends. He wants to eat a Big Mac and she wants to take two slices of pizza and put a Big Mac between them and have a Pizza Mac sandwich and you're eating a salad and drinking spring water. He doesn't like it. He wants his friend back. He wants to break you up in that marriage of the lifestyle. He won't come out and say he wants to break up the marriage to the new lifestyle, but you know he does. He's plotting. 
He's plotting to break that lifestyle up. He'll bring some sexy cheesecake. Look at the tits on this cheesecake. You know you want to suck on those cheesecake tits. Stop bringing around those cheesecake boobs, damn it. You know I love cheesecake breasts. You get the cheesecake out of my face, you sick bastard. When you get closer to cheesecake, you're just about to stick your fork in. You go, well, no. I can't stick my big fork into you, cheesecake. I can't do it. I'm married to a healthy lifestyle. Although this fork really would love to slide up into that slice of cake. No, 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 no. I can't do it. I'm strong. I am married to this new lifestyle. And you pass the test. But your friends just don't get it. They won't stop. Even your family's trying to ruin your new relationship. Your new love of a healthy lifestyle. They come by with a big, sexy, chocolate shake. Oh, look at that chocolate shake. Look at the ass on that chocolate shake. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, S. Anthony, would you like some of this delicious chocolate shake? It, it likes you. Yeah, I see the chocolate shake. I see the chocolate shake. Yeah, I mean, you it's just one chocolate shake. It's not a problem. I have it right there. Then I take my long straw. That's right. I said this, this big straw. And I'm just about to slide it up into the top of that cup and push it deep inside that milkshake and just drink the crap out of that milkshake. Drain it till there ain't nothing left of it. Till I teach that milkshake who's the man. So that milkshake is going at the bottom because I satisfied it. I took every drop of it, but I can't. No, damn it. I'm married. Uh, no. I'm married to my new health and fitness lifestyle. Stop it, you bastards. Stop it. I'm married. But before I marry the lifestyle and I know that they're going to bring that sexy cheesecake in front of me, they're going to bring that, that cheesecake tits in front of me and the milkshake ass in front of me, they're going to put it in my face and they're going to say, don't you, aren't you going to miss this, man? Hmm? Aren't you going to miss sliding your straw deep up in that chocolate milkshake? Aren't you going to miss sliding your fork all up in that cheesecake. Come on, you know you want to put your straw deep up in that milkshake. You know you want to slide your fork all up in that cheesecake. You know it. But no, my friends. I'm about to marry my new healthy lifestyle, damn it. And I will not let the temptations of these little bikini-wearing milkshakes and thong-wearing chocolate shakes and milkshakes and cakes. Oh, no. What are you doing over there? Oh, I'm, I'm sure you probably don't want to drink the milkshake. I understand that. And you definitely don't want to have any of this cheesecake. But what about this cheese steak, Mr. Born in Philly? Don't you dare do it. That's a fully loaded cheese steak with everything on it. Got the fried onions, got the sweet peppers, oh yeah, Jack. Got the three kinds of cheese, got the double grilled cheese steak meat with the sauce all in there. It even has a little bit of spicy mustard mayonnaise and barbecue sauce and all those other things. It even got cheese whiz in it, punk. And it was put in a roll, the kind of rolls you like, it's Italian herbs and cheese roll, and it was in the oven. It's piping hot, and it just needs for you to put your hands on it and tear it up. Just put that steak down, climb on top of it, and destroy it. Tear that steak up, S. Anthony. You know you want to just tear that steak apart, 
you know it. No, damn it. I don't know why you people are trying to tempt me away from my future healthy lifestyle where I'm going to eat salads and drink spring water and eat fruit and work out. I don't know why, but I am going to make this commitment, you bastards. I'm going to make a commitment to my new lifestyle of healthy eating. I'm going to make a commitment to my lifestyle of working out and drinking lots of water. Yeah, that's right. I know you're going to tempt me with all of these things to get me to cheat on my lifestyle, but I'm not going to do it, you bastards. When S. Anthony decides to make a decision, when S. Anthony decides to marry, he marries for life. I know I had an unsuccessful health, healthy lifestyle marriage before it fell apart. She wasn't the right one for me. She was flashy. She seemed to be good in the beginning, but after a while, it kind of trailed off and she wasn't as effective and satisfying a lifestyle as I thought. You see, the foods were awful back then, the health foods. And the workout plans were a little bit stupid back then. They weren't as good as they are now. So that relationship ended badly. And I turned into a tub of shit again. But as you can see, I'm in much better shape now. Yes, because without you bastards knowing about it, I've been secretly on the side seeing my healthy lifestyle a couple times a week. Yeah, that's right. Two or three days a week, I was eating healthy. I still went back to eating that crap with you losers, but a couple of times a week, I was eating healthy, and two times a week, I was working out. You guys thought I was chasing women. <laughs> no, I was chasing extra years on the end of my life. I was chasing increased strength and flexibility. I was chasing feeling good, you bastards. <laughs> And now I'm going to declare it in front of you, my friends, who tried to make me eat cheesesteaks and cheesecakes and milkshakes, you sabotaging bastards. I am now declaring that I love my new lifestyle. Look at her. She's beautiful. Look at what she gives. She's intelligent. She's made my mind clearer. She's so beautiful. She made my skin look better. I feel I sleep better. I look better. I feel better. Everything in my life is better. Even my podcast and my jokes are better because my mind is clearer because I'm living a healthy lifestyle now. Now I'm declaring right now, not today, but tomorrow I am going to go to this junk food bachelor party and right after that, I'm going off to marry my new lifestyle, you bastards. So it doesn't matter what you do, friends, family, to try to sabotage our love. You can't stop it. You can try, but you can't stop it. This love is for real, damn it. Okay, that got weird there, didn't it? It got a little weird? Okay. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> in all seriousness, in all semi-seriousness, I, I am going to have my junk food bachelor party tomorrow. And I'm going to get a couple of things that I know on the norm that I won't be eating again for a while, if ever. And I'm just going to bang them down. I, mean, I haven't had a milkshake in, in like two years, but I'm going to have a milkshake. I have, I'm literally, I have not had a, a chocolate milkshake in a couple of years. I'm going to go have a milkshake. I'm not going to do the cheesecake thing. I'm, I'm just, I mean, that's just, that's just too damn much, but I'm going to have a milkshake. You know, I might even have a Big Mac. I might have a Big Mac, a milkshake and medium fries. I think that's going to be my junk food bachelor party meal. I'm going to have that. And then after that, as I drive away, cause I'm going to eat it in the car cause I don't want to bring it home. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to pull into the parking lot. I'm going to look at that stuff. I'm going to look down at the milkshake. I'm going to look down at the Big Mac. I'm going to look down at the fries. And I'm going to go, you know what, guys? It was fun while it lasted. We had some good times together. I've eaten dozens of you. Let's, let's, okay, let's stop lying. Hundreds over the course of years. <laughs> 
but we can't do this anymore. This is fun. This is a fling. This is me banging you one last time before I decide whether or not I want to be a serious man and become a committed man. This is the this is the bachelor party. This is going to the strip club. I shouldn't say banging because I wouldn't actually bang anyone at a bachelor party. Let's keep it real. But this is more like going to the strip club and wearing your strip club clothes because you don't want any 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 chick sweat and uh and buttocks juice on your on the clothes that you you know you're gonna come into your house. Let's keep it real here. And you're gonna sit on my lap and you're gonna shake your stuff in my face and I'm gonna look at it and enjoy it. And then you're gonna do a backflip back up onto the stage and I'm gonna put money into your pants. You and then you're gonna go backstage and everyone's gonna clap and say, That was candy dancing and putting a big ass in your face. Fantastic. That's what it's like when you have the Jack Junk Food Bachelor Party. You put the stuff down, you look at it one last time, and you go, That really looks good. But then you realize it's like when you go to a strip club and you see the women with the things and put the legs on top of this and put that and put that, put the things in your face and do all these flips and stuff. As much fun as that is, it's not as much fun as going home to a good lady who's cool, who will also do the same stuff, but you actually get to get it on with her. And you enjoy her company. You enjoy her company for more than an hour because after an hour at the strip club, I mean, let's get the hell out of there. But you enjoy her for an hour. You enjoy the, the woman that you live with, that you build a life with. You enjoy her for hours and weeks and months and years and for a lifetime. And you realize, I don't even miss the strip clubs. I mean, when I got married, I thought, man, I really would like to go out with the guys and hang out. But then you see your wife sitting at the table. Well, I haven't been married, but your girlfriend sitting at the table. And she'll be doing something and she'll do something extra cute that you didn't even that she doesn't even realize she's doing. That's so extra mega cute to you. That's that cute, that cuteness that that jumps off of her when she's doing whatever it is that you find extra cute. It could be the way she laughs at something she reads in a newspaper. It could be the way she eats a strawberry. It could be anything. And that blows away anything that the stripper did with shooting stuff out of stuff and flipping over stuff and licking stuff and two girls. This is 10 times better than that. And you're going, you know what? I could have missed out on this because I was too busy at the strip clubs. Too busy, you know, chasing all these other people. I would have missed out on this, and this is much better. And it's the same thing with the junk food. It's like, this is cool. I like the French fries and the ch- shake and the burger, and that tastes good and everything. But, you know, grilled chicken is pretty damn good too. <laughs> and water is actually better for you. You know, I'd rather take vitamins than medicine. I'd rather sleep through the night. I'd rather look in the mirror and go, ha, all right, instead of, meh. <laughs> it's right now, I look in the mirror and go, right. And I want to look in the mirror and go, ha, 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 oh, yeah. And it's much better. And yes, it's fun eating the McDonald's stuff like that. But like I said, you eat the grilled chicken, you eat the salad, you drink the water. You know, you take the vitamins, you do that kind of stuff. And after a while, you get used to it. And you realize, you know, this is actually tastes pretty damn good. And I don't have phlegm when I'm finished with it. I don't go <coughs> after I eat it. And I don't feel sluggish and tired two hours later. I feel energized. Because I'm actually putting in fuel instead of crap. So yeah, I'm going to have my junk food bachelor party. Because I'm one of those people that likes to have a definite beginning and a definite end to things. I like to make a statement, even if it's not to other people. Other people, I'm, well, I'm telling you and there's a whole bunch of you, but you know, you get the point. <laughs> kind of contradicting myself. I don't like to make a point. It just I just told a whole bunch of people in several countries that it's about to happen. Okay, I'm telling a whole bunch of people in different countries it's about to happen. But you get the point, you bastards. 
I like to have a, you know, it's like people do on New Year's Eve. Well, I'm going to, my New Year's resolution is this. And people start talking about their New Year's resolutions and they didn't even start thinking about them until the 28th. And if you're going to make life decisions, I got news for you. You need more than a couple of days to make the decision about what you're going to do with your life, especially if it's something that you're going to stick with and that your whole life is going to be based around. You got to have more time than a couple of days to think about that crap. I gave myself quite a while to think about this and did the research and made sure that it was the right thing for me. So tomorrow I'm going to have my junk food bachelor party. And it's not going to be some, you know, 27 slices of pizza and 18 cheese. No, just Big Mac, medium fries, maybe even small fries and a shake, maybe even a small shake. And then I'm done. It's over. Boom. Out. And from that point on, healthy lifestyle, good eating. Now, I'm not saying that I will never, ever again be watching a UFC fight and be hanging out with some friends and having guys go, hey, here's some buffalo wings with some shit on them. You want to get them? And I'm st- I'm gonna grab I might I might get a little sauce around there. Give me about four of those. Throw them on there. I might do that. But that's not the same thing as yeah. Um, how about you order a gigantic bucket of of that shit for myself also and put the quadruple orange blue double triple cheese on top of that. Yeah, and then roll some lard on it. Okay, now fry that up. Now bring it back. I'm not gonna do that. But I may have a couple of little wings. Like, <laughs> you know. But I think that's one that's an important thing to do. I mean, when you decide to make a change, especially if it's something that's big or something that you're going to stick with, take some time and think about it. Make sure it's right for you. And then if you decide that it is right for you. Mark it down in your brain, maybe mark it down on the calendar, put it on your dry erase board, put it on your computer, put it someplace where you're going to see it and make sure that you know for a fact that it's really the time you're going to make the change. Because if you're not going to just shut the fuck up. Because <laughs> all you're going to do is just add another failure on top of the other fails that, failures that you already have because everybody has failures. But I'm one of those people that can tell when I'm about to make a serious change and I can feel it. And once this junk food bachelor party is over with, once I once I have my last fling and bang that McDonald's meal and just bang it all good, take it to a hotel and just bang it and bang it and bang it and bang it good I'm gonna say that was great it was great banging you last junk food meal it felt great to bang you I enjoyed banging you but my health belongs to another and I'm gonna now go off and be with her health once again it was fun banging you but now I'm gonna go and spend the rest of my life enjoying a healthy fitness banging with my new lifestyle It was nice knowing you. Don't contact me again. But it was wonderful while it lasted. Unhealthiness. Oh, do you hear that? That horn outside? That's my good health and fitness outside waiting for me to come outside. Yes, it knew I was banging you. It said, you know what? Since I'm going to have you forever, you go upstairs and you bang the crap out of that last McDonald's meal. Just bang it real good and hard. And after you get that banging out of your system, you come down and spend the rest of your life banging me. That's how great she is, my new lifestyle. And I'm going to enjoy every second of her. Because she's wonderful. And she lets me do stuff to her butt. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because it makes, because I feel better. <laughs> mm. 
yeah, it got weird. It was it started weird, but then it got real weird. When yeah, because I was about to go off onto a tangent about butts. That 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 I don't I don't want to talk about that. I'm gonna talk about that. Segment over. Hello, folks. Let me ask you this in this segment. You know what I'm gonna talk about? I want to talk about the lost art of shutting up. And I do say lost art of shutting up, and I do say art because essentially. It does take some work for some people. It takes effort. The same way creating a great piece of art takes effort. You know, got to get the chisel out and got to chop away and take this part. This is this is not quite what. Okay, how about this part here? You know, creating a, a piece of sculpt, like I said, sculpture, paintings, any kind of art. It takes effort, and I think just like shutting up, it you gotta you gotta practice it. You ever just been in a hurry? And you, you're calling somebody and you, it's obvious from the sound of your voice to, to any normal human being that you're in a hurry. You don't have time for any bull crap. You don't have time for the... Hey, oh, 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 how you doing, man? Look, but, 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 oh, well, I tried to call you, uh, man. You know, I tried to get in contact with you and help you out. But, uh, you know, sometimes you ain't available. And, you know, and, and you're going, dude, really? Could you not tell by the way of my voice that I was in a really big hurry? Okay, when I call up normally, it's like, hey, man, what's going on? But when I call, yo, 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 hey, when I call up like that, when anybody calls up like that, it means they're in a hurry. And if they're in that much of a hurry, that it changes their speech pattern, their breathing pattern. It changes everything about the way they interact with you. It means they don't have a lot of time for 30 minutes of you whining about how they didn't call you right back, you dumb bastard. Shut the fuck up and listen to what they're saying. That's all I'm saying. Some people just don't know when to shut up. Now that was interpersonally. Some people don't know how to shut up when it comes to big events also. There are a lot of protests going on around the world because of obviously some of the conduct that people believe police did some horrible things and I believe police did some horrible things. And they're protesting them. And what I hear from people, uh, obviously not people that were (laughs) like the people who were protesting, you know, uh, people of color, disenfranchised people. These people are protesting because they're tired of getting kicked and stomped and beaten and choked and shot. And, you know, that's kind of inconvenient. As someone, I've never been choked, well, I've been choked, but I've never been choked to death, obviously, or I wouldn't be here. I haven't been shot, none of those things, but I've had guns in my face. I've been, I know what it's like to lay in the grass in your, in your good clothes and you didn't commit a crime. I know what it's like to sit on the side of the freeway in your suit for 45 minutes while all your shit spread out all over the freeway. And then, okay, well, there's nothing here. And then you got to pick that shit up and, and explain why you have mud on your ass. I know what that's like when I committed no crime. You see, the protesters out there are not protesting good police officers. They're protesting the ones that are fucking them up. And they're protesting the system that allows the people fucking them up to get away with it. If it happens to you, you'll understand. That's the thing I don't understand. When you see people, the talking heads on the news and the cable news, and they'll say things along the lines of, well, I got pulled over the other day for speeding, and I talked to the police officer, and nothing happened to me. Yes, nothing happened to you. And on many occasions, when a police officer pulls a person of color over, or a disenfranchised person over, most of the time, nothing happens to them also. But it's not about the times that nothing happens to you. Eric Gardner wasn't choked 55 times. He was choked once, then it killed him. Michael Brown wasn't shot on a daily basis. He was shot on one occasion, and it killed him. 
It doesn't have to be an everyday thing. It has to be the specter of that happening on a regular basis. It happens when you have to tell your young relatives, male and female, you have to do this, 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 and this. And here's the thing. When these people on the news go, well, if you're polite to the police officers, they won't do that to you. Um, that's not true. <laughs> I can tell you from personal experience, you can be as polite as you want to be if they've made a decision that they don't like you or if they come in with a bias against you. You can be as polite as you want to be and you will still wind up laying in the grass in your suit. You will still sit, wind up sitting on the side of the freeway in your suit with your shit spread all over the freeway. I can tell you that from personal experience. I remember seeing someone on one of those cable news programs. I'm not even going to say the name of that bullshit cable news show, but you know which one I'm talking about. And he's talking about how he got pulled over and nothing happened to him. You see, it's not about nothing happening to you. It's about something happening to someone else. The equivalent of that would be something as stupid as going, well, I know your house is on fire, but my house is not on fire. So who needs the, who needs the fire department to come on the block? I mean, my house is fine, so, you know, why should I, you know, why should I care about your house burning down? Well, you see, if my house burns down, it's attached to your house. And if the fire's not put out, eventually it will spread to your house and burn your house down, you stupid fucker. And it's the same thing with police doing horrible things. Right now, the overwhelming majority of the times when they're whooping people's ass and killing them, they're people of color. Most of the time. But you see, when you're in power and you have the power of life and death... And it goes unchecked. It, you don't stop at a certain point. No, when you're doing a power grab and when you're doing things and you're and no one ho give, there's no consequences, people don't stop. When a guy cheats on his wife and he doesn't get get caught, does he just fuck that one waitress? Mm -mm, no. Ask Tiger Woods. He he. There was not a, a hooters near that man that went unsliced. He was all over the place banging waitresses after waitress after waitress after waitress, right? Wall Street bankers and the Wall Street criminals, they were already multi, 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 multi-millionaires. Some of them are even billionaires, yet they're still stealing money from people. Why? Because they don't have enough money? No, because they have a lot of power. It's gone unchecked. They go unpunished. So why would they stop doing it? Because they're greedy. And it's the same thing when it comes to bad police officers. And some of these police officers were, you know, allegedly KKK members. So if you have the power of life or death and it goes unchecked and you have a specific bias and a hatred toward one group of people and not another group of people, if you're part of the group of people that isn't hated, well, they're not going to treat you badly. Your experience is going to be different. You're not going to be laying in the grass in your suit or sitting on the side of the road in mud waiting for them to look throw your shit all over the freeway. That's not going to happen to you. You're not going to be stopped and frisked, good sir. I will be. Well, not now anymore, but back then I would have been and was. Your experience is different. You can't deny what these other people are feeling. You can't deny what happened to me. I know what happened to me. You're opening your mouth and talking about things where you don't understand what's going on because it doesn't happen to you. You need to learn the art of shutting up. You see it online all the time. You see it on Twitter. You see it on, well, they just were nice to the police officers. Once again, if the police officer hates someone that looks like you, it doesn't matter how nice you are or how polite you are. They're going to treat you like crap anyway. 
as I've already stated with my earlier example, one house is burning, the houses are all connected. Maybe not directly connected, but they're connected. And if the fire isn't put out, eventually it spreads to you. You don't think that at some point they're going to go, I hate that rich guy in that car over there. He sucks with his attitude problem. Now, this is the same guy who's maybe on a, on a news program and he thinks, that well, I nothing happens to me when they get pulled over. And maybe, maybe somebody that looks like you went up in this guy's wife. And you're going to get indignant after a while because, you know, when they pull people of color over, uh, a lot of the times we're sitting there, even though we even and keep in mind, I, I don't have any traffic tickets. I've never committed a crime. I've been I've been in my car sitting there for 30, 45 minutes while they ran my record. I don't have a record. If I have nothing, if there's nothing to find, there's no reason for me to be sitting on the side of the road for 45 minutes. I know you're not going to find anything. So I know you're just fucking with me. There's no reason for that. In the land of computer technology, it really took you 45 minutes to find out that I have nothing. Of course it didn't. But Mr. Guy on television, say the guy, the police officer, like I said, his wife had a guy that looked just like you all up in his wife's ass, and he doesn't recognize you from TV. You're just some rich prick in a car. And of course, since this is a new experience for you, being standing on the side of the road or sitting on the side of the road or having to sit in your car waiting when you have a big business meeting or you got to be on the air soon and you get out of the car and you tell that cop, hey, do you know who I am? And he punches you in your fucking mouth and kicks the shit out of you. Then you start going, wait a minute, uh, I guess this is what's happening to those people in Ferguson. I guess it's what's happening to those black people around the country. I guess it's what's happening to those poor people around the country. Whoa. And now you're in the emergency room with your face fucked up and you're going to broken this or sprain that because a police officer who was already torturing minorities decided to spread a little bit of that love to you. You know, that fire that didn't get put out in that house down the block went from house to house to house to house and now you're starting to smell smoke. And now you're starting to see smoke coming to your house. And now you got to run out of the house. Oh, you should have stopped the fire before it got to you. Or better yet, <laughs> you should have done what it took to not let the fire happen in the first place. It's the art of shutting up. If it doesn't happen to you, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. If it's not part of your daily experience, it doesn't mean it's not part of somebody's daily experience. Just because it didn't happen to you or doesn't happen to you doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Yes, I know, protesters are a pain in the ass to you because they're stopping traffic. That's a pain in the ass. I get it, you're inconvenienced. You know what else is an inconvenience? Spending seven grand on the funeral for a relative that shouldn't have been dead in the first place. You know what else is an inconvenience? Having a police record when you didn't do anything. You know what else is an inconvenience? Trying to walk to the store and having yourself bent over on a car while dudes call, whisper racist shit to you and patch it down. That's an inconvenience too. I li I love it when I'm I was in a bank the other day, and the tellers were working doing some industrial accounts, so they were taking a little longer than normally would take. And there's a guy behind me, and he's oh god damn it, these fucking tellers, Sean Hannity looking guy, the fucking guys, some of us have shit to do. He's I mean, he is really pissed. As it turns out, he was delayed by about four and a half minutes. Even after he, his transaction was done, he's still cursing, making me wait all this extra time. God damn it, motherfucker. Inconvenienced. Four minutes. Indignant. 
what do you think you would feel like laying in the grass for half an hour or sitting on the side of the road for 45 minutes or being frisked or being beaten up or being choked? How much would that piss you off? I get a kick out of watching people at the, at the airport getting indignant when the TSA pats them down when they're trying to get on an airplane. How many times a year do you fly? Three? Mm -hmm. Imagine getting this level of physical scrutiny eight or nine, maybe ten times a month when you're just walking around going home or going to the store or living your life. Imagine that. Would that bother you? At least when the TSA are feeling you up, you knew about it going in. You knew, okay, here comes the part where they go through my luggage. Here comes the part where they pat me down. Here comes the part where they ask me a lot of idiotic questions in your, you know. But what about the TSA booth was at your front door every day? And every day you walked out of the house, you had to go through the pat down. Every day you walked out of the house, you had to go through your hands being in your pocket. Every day you go through your house, you had, you had to answer questions like you're a fucking pop quiz. That's what happens to certain people in certain neighborhoods. And I used to be among that group. I'm still technically among that group because I'm a black dude. <laughs> right? I'm subject to it now as a grown-ass man. It could happen to me at any point in time. I got pulled over a little while ago, and I know I didn't do anything wrong. And yes, I was polite to the officer because I'm polite to everybody, and no, I didn't get the ticket, and no, nothing bad happened to me this time. But I don't foresee anything bad happening to me in the future. I get it. But just because it doesn't happen to me anymore doesn't mean it doesn't happen to other people. I feel empathy for people when things been bad things happen and if you know if there's a tragedy or something like that and people need to send some bread uh to you know to help this cause i do that because i go yeah it doesn't matter that the people don't look like me it doesn't matter just because i'm not in the tsunami doesn't mean the tsunami didn't happen i can see the tsunamis happening i can look on the television and see the water washing people's houses away just because i don't have ebola doesn't mean other people don't have ebola it's because I don't have this disease. doesn't mean other people don't have this disease. I can't go, well, I wasn't in a, I don't have that disease, so, I, well, you know, I don't see what the problem is. You got to have some empathy, man. You got to realize just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it's not happening to somebody. And just because it's happening to somebody else, and even if you acknowledge that it happened to somebody else and it's not happening to you, doesn't mean it's not important. Yes, I know. You don't want to hear about it. But ask yourself a question. What if it was happening to you? What if that was your daily experience? And there was a large group of people who could have helped out by being equally outraged and fighting to stop it. And they didn't do it. In fact, they mocked you when you protested. When you screamed in pain, they mocked you. When your relative was the was had a crime com committed against them they went and tried to find disparaging things about that specific relative and used large media outlets to spew venom towards your loved one hmm how would that feel you know how bad it feels when your grandma dies and then you sit down and you watch a television program and it's a, someone who's it's about somebody's grandma dying they don't even look like your grandma don't but it reminds you of how bad that felt well, imagine if grandma was killed and you turned on that same television and people were talking about how your grandma deserved it. Oh, uh, well, she, who told her to be who told her to be in that store when it was robbed? Huh? Maybe she was in on the robbery. I don't know. She had a criminal record. She protested in the 60s, which means she was arrested in the 60s, which means she's a criminal. 
And that's what the experience is like. That's what it's like. And it amazes me that as smart as human beings are that we haven't figured out that eye shape differences and lip texture differences and hair color differences and heights and races and sexes and melanin counts and religions, none of that means anything when it comes to affecting your specific life. Everybody's life matters. Everyone's life matters. And we need to start acting like everyone's life matters because that's the way it's supposed to be. That's all I'm saying. Segment over. Okay, my friends, this is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the host of the S. Anthony Says Podcast, a.k.a. that crap you just listened to just now. <laughs> uh, once again, my friends, you, you guys have been, been hanging there with me every week. This is episode number 140. Yep, 140. Thank you guys for sticking with me because I know there's some of you that have been here since episode one and there's some new people that have, camped, that have come on and uh, new different countries that are starting to listen thank you very very much my friends thank you for staying around and thank you for telling everybody so if you're new if you're old you know what i'm about to say if you're new then this is new to you so here we go please note that the home base of the podcast is s anthony says dot podbean dot com i'm also on stitcher radio TuneIn radio and itunes and if you forget any of that, doesn't really matter. Just Google S. Anthony Says and all of that crap will pop up. Now, I don't know what podcatcher you're listening to the, to this on. You could be listening to this in your car. Some of you tell me that you listen to my podcast when you're driving to work or when you're driving back from work. And I want to thank you for that. If you're on your way to work, go get them. If you're on your way home from work, what a bunch of assholes. You're better than those bastards. Okay, <laughs> there you go. If you're on your lunch break, you lazy bastard, get back to work so you can afford to have the car that you listen to my podcast in. Get to, get to work, you lazy bastard. <laughs> uh, I just want to thank you guys very, very much for everything. I appreciate, uh, you know, all the uh, social media shout outs on Twitter and Tumblr. And uh, don't forget, my friends, if you're listening to me on one of those podcasts, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher or TuneIn, if there's an area where you can give the podcast a great five star review, please feel free to do so. No, no, let me, let me put it to you this way. If you're listening to my daggone podcast, damn it, you better go to Stitcher or iTunes and TuneIn's and you better put in there, talk up, use the words like genius and incredible and I can't live without his podcast. My life would be nothing without it. Five stars. If you don't listen to the S. Anthony Says podcast, your life blows. I don't care if you're worth a billion dollars. Even your billions of dollars is not worth getting to hear his glorious voice for an hour and change every week because he's the greatest. Okay, just write nice stuff on the damn, uh, give me some damn positive reviews. You don't have to be as embarrassing as what I just said, but if you like the show, let people know that you like the show by giving me some positive reviews and some five-star ratings and tell your friends and tell your family and tell people that you know have good taste about this podcast. Once again, thank you very, very, very much for everything, you cool bastards. The home base, santhonysays.podbean.com. The email address, the santhonysayspodcast at gmail.com. Please feel free and please do follow me on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter at at santhonythomas. And also for the podcast and podcast only at santhonysays. But I say follow both you bastards. Once again, my friends, you were the greatest. Why? Because S. Anthony says so. Sass fam, you rule. And I will see you next week. S. Anthony out.